This episode of the Tokunet podcast is sponsored by Tokulectables, CS Toys Japan, and the webcomic Red Belt. If you would like to hear your name or business at the beginning of the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. My name is Yasin and I am joined by Nicole. Hi! And Josh. Hey everybody. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Did crap. I just hear that? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I uh, live next to the highway so you're going to hear a lot of noises. <laughs> uh, no, I swear to God I thought that was like the roar from Geki Ranger. That's exactly what it sounded like in my ears. <laughs> Oh, I, I thought it was some kind of sound effect as well. Ooh. Let's go with that then. Yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm so hyped to talk about Geki Ranger. I don't know about you guys. Oh, so me too, for real. I mean, I just saved a bear, so like I'm ready for anything. Oh, Wait. okay. <laughs> it, it'll make sense if you've been checking Twitter. It, it, we'll go over that later. <laughs> go check okay. tw- Josh's Twitter um recording <laughs> what's the date today the 25th the 25th yeah, yeah go september. look at september 25th at his tweets and you'll see what what we're talking about i guess i'll have to look at it too like <laughs> yeah. we're talking about the beast arts so i figure dealing with bears lines up with that <laughs> i'm still right. so confused okay <laughs> i'll have to look at it later <laughs> all right so I, if you haven't guessed by the title on your phone or whatever we are going to talk about uh geki ranger juken sentai geki ranger which came out in 2007 and was technically the first sentai that i saw live i don't know about you guys was it the same did you guys watch this live or so like the the year prior what had happened with me was that was when i got into uh, I guess you'd say Tokusatsu in general. That's when I started mm-hmm. watching Kamen Rider. I was aware of uh, Bo Kenger airing at the same time as Kabuto, but I didn't really get into it. But mm-hmm. I was because you know I, I had so very much uh, devoted my time to absorbing Kamen Rider stuff. But I decided, okay, uh, I don't want to jump into the middle of Bo Kenger going on right now because I probably wouldn't know what's going on. I haven't learned right. how to get things yet, so I know next season. Wherever they start at, that's I'll, I'll be there from the jump, and that happened to be Geki Ranger, and they always say you never forget your first, but it also helps when your first is so memorable. Mm-hmm. That is true. I forget that we have similar origin timelines, you and me, Josh, because mm-hmm. I I also started with Kabuto and Bokinger, but I did go and watch it. I watched go Bokinger, like I had to like backtrack and like just basically marathon everything up until present and then i watched like the last i don't know handful of episodes live uh but by that time i had already started integrating into like the forums and talking about you know all the stuff so then when the first pictures dropped like the first scans dropped for geki ranger i remember seeing that and being very confused by the suits (laughs) if i'm being honest yeah, what was everybody's reactions, like, when it first dropped? Well, like, I know for me, when it came down to it, like, you know, the whole reason I got into 
tokusatsu in general was, you know, like so many other people who grew up in the 90s, you know, you're coming off, you know, learning that your only exposure is Power Rangers. So I was mm-hmm. used to the types of suits that we'd seen up to that point, and they were very, you know, formulaic. You know, you've got your boots, you've got your cuffed, you know, gloves, you've got your belt, you got your 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 chest design, you got the helmet, you know, color coordination, fine. But then when I looked at the Geki Ranger designs and saw, wait a minute, these are like sleek and they don't have all these extra bells and whistles. They have no belt. What? Mm-hmm. And something about that yeah. was really super attractive to me. I was the opposite, actually. I Because I, even though I didn't, I liked Bokinger, but I didn't like the suits too much. Like they're too busy for me. Um, but it's still, like you said, it conformed to the stereotype or th- to the template that Sentai and template, yeah, 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 the template that they used. So the fact that they didn't have a belt, uh, they didn't have these uh, high, you know, arm glove, you know, things or boots either. Like it was all very minimal. And I remember also being confused by the animal template. I was like, wait, so I I heard this is martial arts based, but why the animals? Why are they all cats? I'm confused. <laughs> Um, but then the more I saw of the, like the promo picture, like the actual promo stuff of it, I was like, oh, okay, this is looking really slick. And then you start seeing little details, like the necks look, uh, the, the, the collars on the necks look very much like, uh, traditional, like sort of Hong Kong clothing and the gloves and the boots kind of feel like, you know, kind of comp- like almost like, uh, I don't know if it's MMA is right, but like just, it, it looked like training gear almost. Yes. Um, so yeah, the more I watched it, looked at the pictures, the more I liked it. And then when I, once I saw the first episode, I was like, oh, this is beautiful. I, I think what I liked about that first episode, or really the intro to the series in general, was like, it wasn't like I hadn't seen, you know, you go back to Power Rangers stuff, and funny enough, talking about animals, you compare it to something like Wild Force, where it's like, okay, we've seen somebody who grew up in the jungle, but like, John is from the jungle, you know? Yeah, he's I I'm surprised by how much I liked him from the very very beginning like that first episode mm-hmm. cuz I'm I kind of compare like him and his like really hyper energy to like Sosuke from Go Onger and I really did not like Sosuke Ooh, from Go Onger yeah. to be frank. Nothing wrong with yeah. the show, nothing wrong with him as a character, but that's too much red energy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just like, I remember the first time watching it and I was like, oh my God, like this isn't annoying to me. This is just like fun. Really, really fun. He's really Mm -hmm. fun. I mean, of course it helps. I mean, like dudes like shirtless in the first episode wearing basically nothing. So let's be (laughs) real. That's a selling point for me. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of beautiful people in Geki Ranger. Let's start there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's so funny because, like, the first time you see him is, like, these pandas are just dropping all over the place and he jumps down and he's biting this panda's nose. <laughs> and it's so funny to me. I just, oh, man. I I remember um, when it first came out, a lot of people were sick and tired of the loud red rangers. Mm-hmm. Like, um, for me, personally, I was okay with it because I, I, I really enjoyed Ban from Ranger. And Kai, even though he was pretty annoying, he wasn't grating to me at, like as much as a lot of the Phantom was at the time. Um, 
But when yeah, when when John showed up, I I really enjoyed his character, even if he was loud, but because he wasn't he wasn't loud and obnoxious. He wasn't in your face. He had a yeah. very innocent innocence to him. Yeah, there was very specifically, you know, you knew that he was purposefully childlike because he literally grew up in the forest. Like, this right. isn't just like the Reds before them who kind of acted childish or loud or obnoxious. And that was just part of just, just how they were. There was no no mm -hmm. real, real reason for it. But this is like a central point of his backstory. So I think that's what makes it more acceptable, you know? Mm-hmm. I think what a lot of it, too, is, you know, making that comparison, making the jump over from, you know, American thinking over into the Japanese Super Sentai thinking of, oh, so this is how the formula of the show goes. This is how the feel goes. You know, you're used or for me anyway, I was used to, you know, the very manly, let's go, guys, huh? you know, kind of Red Ranger. <laughs> like, oh, man, we need the power store. And then you go over to John. Oh, wow, dude. And he's... That is a really good impression. Yeah, of seriously. I, I was going over some clips before I got here, so it's, it's fresh in my head. Um, <laughs> but you get over to John, and there's none of that machismo there. It, he's just the purity of who he is. Like, yeah, he's basically an oversized kid, but there's nothing mm -hmm. bad about him. Like, he hasn't been tainted by the world. And for, for that reason, mm -hmm. that core tenet about his character is what I think endeared me to, me, to him so much was that you know, he's a kid in some ways, but in a lot of ways, he's just somebody who ne who decided not to be, you know, cynical or bad or wasn't exposed to all these things, which yeah. is a good thing. And I think that helps in comparison to, say, uh, Ron or Retsu, who are a little more serious. They needed something to balance that out. And uh, yeah. John fills that role in perfectly, I think. Yeah, I really love his curiosity, too, very early on. Like, I think you have bring up a really good point. You know, his, I know he, you know, he doesn't really remember what his backstory is early on, so that probably plays a role in it, but he's not cynical. He's not, you know, mm -hmm. like, really affected by what has actually happened to him. He's just, just goofy, fun-loving, enjoying the wild side of things, you know? It's in his curiosity when he actually joins Scratch and just sees what, um... Juken? Yeah. Juken is all about. He's just like, ooh, you know, it's so fascinating just how innocent he is. It's just like it, it applies to the fact that he's lived among animals so much. He takes to it like a fish to water. Like, oh, this is just a different way of dealing with things the way I've been doing it. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, I can go along mm -hmm. with this. And just that kind of free flow to me that harkens back even to my understanding of Power Rangers, like Billy says in that first episode, uh, it's almost like second nature to me. And to me, John was embodying that becoming a Geki Ranger, like, oh, this is like second nature to me. And so to me, right. that helped make that bridge over from becoming a fan of Power Rangers into becoming a fan of Super Sentai, specifically through this series. Right. And, uh, well, I guess should, should we uh, sort of, I guess, give a general overview of at least the start of it see how like it kind of sets up the team yeah at least yeah uh because um i mean as you'll see in every in the beginning of every intro to the song to the music they explain the difference between gekijuken and rinjuken which they were both part of one uh, academy and then it broke off into a good side and evil side the good side is gekijuken 
and uh, the evil side is Rinjuken. And Gekijuken uh, is basically, uh, they have a front organization called Scratch. And Scratch specializes in, you know, training equipment, sports equipment, stuff like that. But it's really uh, facilitating the Gekijuken, like, academy. And they create all of the weapons and the gear and the armor for the Geki Rangers and for all the Geki Juken users. And while Miki, who was a former user, which, holy crap, I want her to be a ranger so bad. Best mentor ever. Like, the like I forgot that the first time you see her, she's fighting a bunch of Rinju, like, um, mm-hmm. what are they called? I forgot what they're called. The the baddies. The uh, Rinshi Predator? Whatever. The Rinshi, yeah. yeah. Um, and then she uses her leopard kin. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, dude, imagine like a like V Cinema focusing basic on her. Oh god, don't don't god. tempt me oh. to dream. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, she's incredible. I could go on for like a whole podcast about like how awesome of a mentor she is. She's so right? cool. Like like she could like you could do it now where you could basically do the origin story of Miki and have a younger version of her. Mm-hmm. And then at the end it shows the bring the actress back and have her transform. Oh. I'm just oh like my that, god. Oh man. One of my favorite characters in the whole show, by the way. Fun yeah. Miki. Mm-hmm. I love her. Funded. Um So yeah, while she's uh trying to get this new equipment uh back to uh scratch, she's attacked. And uh, she gets attacked by a Rinshi that crashes her plane and she's going through the forest and she's cornered. And then John shows up to help out and uh, displays his like innate uh, power, his innate like tiger chi or whatever, or tiger ken power. And that what prompts her to bring him back to scratch um, and sort of assimilate him into the Geki Ranger team. Even though Ran and Retsu are already Geki Rangers and they're very reluctant of bringing in someone new who's also seemingly uneducated and a child at heart and in mind. Uh, but then they have to slowly learn to accept him and to learn from him as much as they learn. he learns from them. And that's how they sort of form their team and strengthen their quote-unquote triangle which is basically the through line of the whole show is them perfecting their triangle, which is great. You know, this changes up the format pretty pretty well by having just three to start off with. You mm. know, it's not like a full team of five or anything like that. But you really, yeah. I think I enjoyed the show so much because you really do get a sense of all of their personalities very equally. I mean, there's some... Mm. Give or take, I have some qualms with like Ron's focuses epi- focus episodes, but in, oh, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. <laughs> but either way, like you can see the dynamics of them playing off each other, changing over time. Mm. Like you can see it very visibly where past and you know future Sentai seasons, they it kind of fails in that regard. You know, one character always gets kind of mm-hmm. left behind, but not yeah. in this show. What I like, what I think works with it and what makes it so like distinct from other Sentai seasons, and maybe just me reading a lot into it, is that 
This show is basically a love letter to martial arts movies. Oh, absolutely. And with mar- and with martial arts movies, it's all about training and learning about yourself and improving yourself, which is something that happens a lot as far as the Gekijuken side of things is. Like Master Shafu, um, who freaked me out at first when I first saw it. I was like, <laughs> why is there a giant cat? But um, he's great, though. But uh, Master Shafu is always teaching them through lifestyle through mundane techniques through yeah just living life he's he always says like life is a lesson or something like that right like yeah there's, in there's life training there's through, training yeah 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 that kind of thing so i feel like that motivates the whole plot of the show and that makes it different because inevitably they're all going to change throughout the show because they're always training they're always learning something yeah yeah and i think that's yeah I feel like that's what makes this show so different from other shows. Yeah, I feel like we're the show is hyper focused on character development way more than mm-hmm. other Sentai seasons have been in the past. Like this is mm-hmm. truly about watching them grow where other, you know, it still has the focus on, you know, the Rinchi Juken or Rin Juken and like what's going on on that side of things and it does balance very well. So mm-hmm. I find that oh, like yeah. contrast to be super interesting as well. I think part of the thing too, I, I think it's there in the uh, in the opening narration, you know, every day striving towards the top, uh, very much like that appeal there uh, of hearing that philosophy, you know, not just there uh, reiterated at the beginning of every episode was very refreshing in that, you know, instead of it being so episodic and formulaic it actually felt like the story was continually moving and even when they do have Mm -hmm. filler it's still going somewhere Mm -hmm. the filler doesn't feel like it's weighing anything down or detracting from the characters is actually enhancing the story and moving things forward like even when they had the one episode focused on somebody using drunken fist it didn't feel like it was out of place no actually i i was gonna i had that in my notes to talk about this that episode minus you know, Ele Hong being a freaking weirdo. I hate that. Ugh, I hate that God. sage so much. But even in that, you know, you could see that Retsu grows from that experience directly. You know, even though that episode itself is, you know, a little not great. I do appreciate the Drunken Master reference because that was cool to see. Am I mistaken in thinking that the actor who plays Retsu has a twin he brother does. that's... Yes. And that's who's in it, right? Not It's not that episode, but yeah, it's like right after the Mirror World episode. When they have the Mirror World... Oh, okay, Yeah, right, that's right. his brother. Uh, mm. And funny enough, uh, for the anime fans and uh, live-action drama fans, both of them got cast as the twins in the live-action Oran High School Host Club. Same with um, oh. Sassword. He was yeah. the Tamaki in he that one. Yeah, I watched that. Two. That was it. Was really cool to see the <laughs> twins because they like they acted so well. Because you know how live action dramas can be sometimes; they can be so crap. But yeah. that one was mm-hmm. pretty good. But anyways, yeah, Retsu in particular, I felt like is a really interesting character because I don't know. He's just I like that it's a guy focusing on like flowy technique. You know, like there is like. 
a certain part of martial arts that's like if you're doing certain styles that's very like rough and aggressive kind of like techniques mm-hmm. but the kind of stuff like that he learns over time almost feels like tai chi you yes. know and stereotypically yeah. tai chi you know i i've always seen people stereotype that as like a woman's thing to like you know if we're talking about that kind of style but I, I don't know. He's a cool guy. I always liked his character, and I like how his character grows over time. There's something that um, his brother, Go, says at uh, when he finally sees him fight. He says, like, he's using martial arts like drawing. Yes. Like, he's using it yes. as a canvas to draw. It's the thing, the, the common word between the two, art. You know, uh-huh. art has mm-hmm. a flow to it, and the fact that, you know, his whole thing is, uh, you know, fantastic technique it's the mm-hmm. the thing of watching mm-hmm. him learn tech technique doesn't necessarily mean rigidity technique also yes. can mean flow it can be moving from one movement seamlessly into the other uh which to talk about mm-hmm. one of the other uh kensei there the training episode with him and bat lee is probably one of my all-time favorites that i've seen in any mm-hmm. super sentai season you know watching him learn to use uh the fans there uh and yeah. learn how to be more flowy it's just so good to me, it's so, like, awesome because we don't get to see male characters do that kind of stuff, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in the past, that kind of stuff was always thrown on, like, female characters to learn, you mm-hmm. know? Or, like, I felt like it was more stereotyped that way. So that's why I appreciate him. And mm-hmm. he's a really complex character in general. So I, lo- I love Retsu. Yeah, he was the one that I grew to like the most. I didn't like him at first because I was when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is the typical like um, the cool blue, the the cool blue, the guy who's kind of standoffish yeah. and is always like criticizing or whatever." Yeah, he definitely starts that way. But he, you tend you tend to find out that when he like sort of opens up to the team that he is he's sensitive, but he's also. Um, he has a lot of layers to him. Yeah. And he's always learning and he wants to find he wants to find the meaning behind everything. Mm. Yeah. And that's what was interesting about the Bat Lee episode is that he was trying to dissect his style. Yeah. Until Bat Lee said, forget about style. Just do the motions and feel what's happening while you do them, and you'll eventually lose yourself in the technique. Yeah. So then after a while you see him losing it and start being like what is a technique? Who am I? Like he started yep. to like get into this Zen state. Almost very Bruce Lee sort of thing there of I, I practice mm-hmm. the style of no style. You know, yeah. like that whole thing, uh him having to learn that like you know, it go beyond having to focus on what the form is, just let the your muscle memory do it and then you'll end up better mm-hmm. a- acquainted with what you're trying to do than you ever could be when you're so you know, steadfastly focused on it that you don't have any uh, room. You're too rigid to be able to react to anything. Oh, yeah, man. don't think, just feel. Like that's kind of Basically, the style. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That that's that's kind of what always a bit confuses me about Batley, because the way he teaches feels like uh, Bruce Lee. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess the way it's spelled. It makes me think of Ch- well, yeah. no, very specifically the uh, Kensei. Each one is named after a famous martial arts right. star. Him specifically being Jet Li. But then when you go further on in the episodes, you find out the person who originated Gekiju Ken was named Brusa E. 
And it's like, oh, okay, so that's the throwback. To them, that's the big reference. Bruce Lee is the godfather for all of this stuff, which is why they even had to go mm-hmm. so far as to go yeah. to Hong Kong for the movie and pose next to the statue. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, um, I, also, I, I always wondered if uh, Long is also a reference to Bruce Lee, kind of, even though he's a bad guy. Not as far as I'm aware. Just because from I have to let me look at it real quick. But from what I remember, Bruce Lee's name translates to something dragon. Because Long is like infinite dragon, if I remember correctly. Right, and I think Bruce Lee's name in ja- in Chinese it's like little dragon, like young dragon. Young dragon, interesting. Or something like that. Let me let me look at so you guys keep. Talking. Yeah, but let's go to let's go to Ron for a second because she continues to be my favorite yellow of all mm-hmm. time. Like I cannot believe how awesome she is. Like I, no matter how many Sentai mm-hmm. shows I watch, I always am like, all right, she's the best yellow. I just love her so much. Well, it's it's not just the fact that like if it were any other show or any other season or even any other franchise i think they would just focus on like oh wow she's like really cute but it's like no Mm -hmm. like in this season she's the sensible one she's not overthinking she's not underthinking like you know the red and the blue over here she's basically the leader and we're all cool with that and we say no she should be the leader it should be her like john Mm -hmm. as the red ranger is the face of the series but clearly if somebody has to make a decision we leave it to ron and I yeah. love that about her. Like, she fits that so well. Yeah. And I like her just, like, motto and, you know, honest heart and just everything about her. It's so hard to pinpoint, like, what specifically I love about her. There's just, like, she's such a deep character. The only thing, you know, she gets shafted with is, like, really stupid focus episodes. But any other time she's not in her mm-hmm. focus episodes... She still gets her own kind of spotlight. Like, I'm thinking of, um, God, episode 33, where they get flung into the 47 Ronin story. Like, she takes the charge of that mm-hmm. episode. And she's like, I figured this out. We're going to get through this. You know, let me take care of this. You guys, you know, I'll tell you what to do kind of thing. And I'm just like, yes, girl, yes, you know. <laughs> Kind of to uh, piggyback off what you were saying before, like, usually in any other series, the roles would be switched where the guy, one of the male rangers, would learn the heavy weapon like the hammer, and the girl would have to use the fan, but here that's not the case. Retsu ends up learning the the fan, and Ron ends up using the hammer. Yeah, she just, like, that ball and chain, she just whips it around. But let's let's be real. That episode... (laughs) Mine is, you know, I'm glad that she learned that mm. and, like, she learned something about herself. But, oh, my God, yeah. I hate that. I hate Ella Hung so much. S- some things are not always yeah. as nice to remember in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, I think that was my problem. As I started rewatching it, I was like, oh, I forgot how awful this guy was or this this sage was. Oh, my God. Yeah, Ella Hung, like, like you said, they're all uh, based off of uh, martial arts movie like icons, and him, I believe, is based off of Samuel yes. Hung because he's a bigger dude and has a lot of power yes. to him. But the pervy part of it, it's just like I don't, I don't understand why that had to be in there. 
Especially in a kid's Yeah, show. it's not funny. <laughs> like, I know it's just, like, the, the time, you know, that was more acceptable. But it's, like, mm. there are several lines that it crosses to the point of, like, he's actually groping yeah. her. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, this actress does not get... Skirt, yeah, I was like, this thing. actress yeah. does not get paid enough to deal with this shit, you know? it's terrible yeah yeah i hated him so much i just was like anytime he was on screen i was like just go away just yeah. just go away all the other sages fantastic well except for gory yeah. but gory is another problematic character yeah maybe we should explain like... the sages for those who don't okay, know yes uh so the the they're basically the masters of the gekijuken like they have masters both in gekijuken and rinjuken and the masters in Gekijuken are called sages, and they each um, are a master of a certain style or form. Uh, Batli is more of the graceful, like sort of dance-like movement, and he ha- he possesses or he gives the power of the fan to Retsu. And Elehan is more about uh, well, I was gonna say power, but it's not really power. It's more about I don't, what what was it? Because it's more about how to handle the ball and chain, which is similar to fishing, which is more about yeah accuracy. Well, it was Not more accuracy. About, it's uh, like having fun for that one. That's true because it was like Ron is very serious. I remember that, but like that's that's the thing. But I also didn't like that. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, I also agree with that. But also, like that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Like that's why he was such a shitty sage, and Ron got such the shit stick on this because yeah. I can clearly be like, okay, Batley, like the Retsu's episode. I know exactly what that's about. John and Sharky Chan. I know exactly what that's about. Like, but like with Ron, it's like. <sighs> but at least they they end that whole en- uh section between those three masters with the Sharky Chan episode and I don't need very much reason after having watched that to where it gets in your head to if especially when Discovery Channel always does Shark Week like I just end up doing without without fail the Sharky Sharky Oh my Sharky Oh my god Dude I that is Sharky Chan is my favorite sage in this yep. show. Uh-huh. I mean, not only because I mean Jackie Chan is my favorite like martial arts actor, so that's also I love that. Um, but he's also he's just such a kind and innocent like guy, and mm-hmm. he is he is portrayed as like the most the youngest and the most inexperienced. I guess like J- uh, Batley and Elhang both say that. He's too inexperienced to have a student, mm-hmm. but he chooses John because John is the most powerful, yeah, yeah, and the strongest. So he says, "You're going to be my teacher." And John was already in a rut because the Ron and Retsu already had teachers, and he didn't have one. He felt left out. So then, as soon as Sharky Chan says, "I'm going to be your teacher," he jumps on that, and he is so happy. And they're both happy. He's happy that he's got a teacher. Sharky is happy that he's got a student. It is beautiful. Yeah. And the fact that he gets emotional and cries oh my God. all the time, I love it. <laughs> I um, love him so much, too. He's such he's a good, great. like, out of all of them, he's still my favorite, for sure. And I'm always, yeah. like, they came up with the dab before the dab got cool right. <laughs> with Sharkeen. You know, it just, that episode makes me smile so much. Mm-hmm. What, I, 
you guys can tell me if I'm overthinking this, but the connection that I see with Jackie Chan, which is aside from the name, is that like Jackie Chan set himself apart from like because from like Bruce Lee because Bruce Lee was the big star and everybody tried to be like Bruce Lee, the fierce, strong, confident guy, and then the way Jackie Chan sort of bridged out from that was that he was the everyman. He was kind of the he always started from the bottom in his movies, like literally and like mentally. Like he was always the one attacked first. He had to fight from the ground up. Like he's always like the one starting. Like he doesn't start the fights, but he finds a way to end the fights. But I, I feel like the fact that he is kind of the everyman and he is not as confident all the time in his movies makes the connection with Sharky Chan more interesting to me because Sharky Chan is not confident in his skills even though he has the skills. I I think Mm -hmm. the thing that I see between the two of them beyond the name is that uh, between the two of them, you know, Jackie is the actor or is the stuntman and then Sharky is the teacher in this uh, instance, is that out of all Mm. of the people that they're based off, you would think that the most approachable out of them would be Jackie Chan. So they apply that to the fact that he's so approachable is why he and John develop that that commonality, that rapport so quickly that they don't have to worry like Retsu or Ron, like having to really focus or overthink it. They're just both happy to be Mm. in the roles they're in. Oh, I get to teach. Oh, I get to learn. And that's like, that's what makes it so easy for him to pass on the ability to use the the twin swords and then John to just pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, he really, that episode was definitely like John just like figured it out like that and was definitely more focused on like the, the Sharky Chan having his own like issues with being a teacher and like all that kind of yeah. stuff, which I found to be really interesting because that does show like how strong and how innate John's ability is in this. But it's also like that also means Sharky Chan's actually a good teacher too. Like, let's be real. If your student well, can pick that up that fast, you know. Well, he already said that he learned everything before he even started. Yeah. Right? He said like, you've already... He's like, your training is already done. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> so the true. best kind of teacher doesn't necessarily need to teach per se, but definitely work on what's already innately in the student. Like if you yeah. already know your yeah. student well enough to know, okay, this is their strength. This is their weakness. Let's just focus on drawing out, you know, naturally what's already there. Then that makes your job even right. easier uh, to be able to pass on that knowledge or to be able to improve what they're already capable of. And you definitely see that uh, mm-hmm. with John learning the technique. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say that that I I liked how it was done for this like batch of episodes, but when they start having to learn the kageki, that part I didn't like how Jen like sort of improved because he didn't. Like I don't know if you guys remember the like the kageki episodes where they had to uh, learn how to unlock this like I guess they called it savage key yeah. in the translations, but it's like. The kageki. Uh-huh. And the way it did is like you have to uh, pass this test uh, with the three new sages, which is, you know, Gori, uh, the gazelle, I forget his name, uh, and. Uh, Pyon Pyo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Michelle um, Ping. So they had to do this three challenges where they're each paired up with a person who specializes in their weakness. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So like Jan had to learn about heart, Retsu had to learn about strength. And Ron had to learn about technique. Yeah. And when John had to learn his about heart, 
he gave up. Yeah, I found that to be really interesting because it really yeah. was like he completely gave up and it just was about Ron and Ratsu carrying him. Which I was like, this kind of is weird. Like, did John actually learn yeah. anything, you know? He he didn't. Because, like, Ron ties with his with her uh, competition. And then Retsu is the one that wins. So at the end of the day, the score becomes zero, right? There's one loss, one win, one tie. Yeah. <laughs> so it, you basically didn't do anything. Well, right? it, it depends on how you look at it. Because if you look at it that way, one loss, one win, and one tie... Yeah, that could balance everything out, but at the end of the day, I appreciate it when the series shows this is why they're a team, because between all of them, they balance each other out, which is why it's, you know, mm. uh, technique, body, and heart, and why they're having to work on any of this at all, because, yeah, John might inherently be, like, a Gekijuken genius, but he still doesn't have the focus or the amount of training in that the other two have. And right. then when you when you bounce that off and look at that uh, knowing, really what they're just doing is cementing this is why they need each other because no one is better than one thing at the other. And even if they are aware of that weakness, they're still not completely over it. Uh, I, I, I think I, actually that was a great way of showing uh, the team dynamic that I don't think I've seen as well depicted in more recent series. That's a really good point, I guess. I did feel yeah. like it was lacking, so it's like expecting John to actually like have learned something from this. And I think by like the last part of that, like those episodes, he's like, "Oh, I've learned from both of you," and I'm like, mm, "That feels kind of empty." But like the episode itself, let's talk about that when they're fighting Rio. Oh my god, where they oh, get their super dude, geki okay. forms. Holy crap, that Mind episode you, was like, awesome. Cleanest upgrade form ever. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. It is the best Sentai upgrade form. Period. Today, I opinion. agree. Totally like, so, agree. Like, I've said this on so many other podcasts that we've done that one of the things I love about suits in general or upgrade forms is if it looks clean. And those things mm -hmm. are so clean. Beautiful. And not, not just that. It's the fact that it's completely different suits and helmets. Yeah, like it's not it's not like just a a, a a chest piece or you know different pieces that go onto their existing suit. No, this is our completely new suit. Yeah, it's a mm -hmm. different bodysuit, different helm. Well, the helmets are basically the same, but they've got the white etching along the edges, which really makes it pop. And I think to it, right. definitely in terms of design, you know, I'm used to or having gone again from the Power Rangers over to Super Sentai. Like, it was the reintroduction of having more white in the suits, but the way they did it here wasn't the mm -hmm. way I was expecting it to work. Yeah. And yet it worked yeah. so well. Oh, my God. I would kill to have somebody make the Super Geki Yellow for me. Oh, my God. Those suits, let me tell you, you know, every time I've ever reached out to somebody to make either of those suits, they're always just like, yeah, that's too hard. <laughs> like, yeah. the costume department went hard on oh, geki ranger sure. oh they not just God. went hard they went off they went off let's talk about the rinjuken for a moment the villains because like those okay, yes. costumes yeah. so yes yeah, so why don't you do a little introduction on them yes our villains right so uh the rinjuken which is splintered off from the geki juken 
um, the main the main bad guy is Leo or Rio, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Do we know how to pronounce that, by the way? I I just pronounce it with the Japanese pronunciations Rio. Yeah, I do too. Okay. So yeah, uh, Rio is the head. He wants to revive the uh, Rinjuken or the Predator Beast Hall, I guess. Uh, opposing Beast Fist. Opposing Beast Fist, is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he wants to revive the Rinjuken Academy or whatever. And his, um, his I guess, uh, second hand is Mele, who is a chameleon um, user. And she was, all, she was a Rinchi that was revived by Leo and became uh, uh, chameleon Ken or Mele. And they are going around to trying to revive the Rinju Ken by collecting screams and uh, despair from the general populace. And they, throughout the show, they have to find, like, he's on a quest to become the strongest. So he is always looking to find a way to become stronger. Uh, in the first batch of episodes, he. Uh, gets he incites the help of the five venoms, which is an homage to the five deadly venoms movie, and, right? Uh, which I thought was awesome because they kind of look similar as far as like the the design of like their little emblems on their foreheads and stuff. Like they, it looks like the masks in that movie. I don't know if mm-hmm. if y'all have seen that movie, uh, Five Deadly Venoms, classic Shaw Brothers movie. Um. So yeah. Um. He. Uh, and he like sort of calls on them to help his cause, but he knows that one of them has a special technique or a special ability, um, but they're not going to reveal it until they're like on the ropes, which is very similar to the plot of that movie. Um, mm-hmm. So at the end, he finds out that Snake Ken is the one who has the power to uh, rejuvenate or revive himself. Uh, so once they find out, they take that from him, and he uses that to revive the masters of the Rinjuken, which are, uh, there's two that he revives, and then the third one is the one that uh, they don't want to revive. Well, most of them don't want to revive. Um, Kata is the Rinjuken, um, he's a, was he a bat or something? Uh, uh, not a bat, he's like a phoenix or something? I think he's a hawk. Hawk. A hawk, yeah. And, uh, hold on a second. Yeah, trying to look up these names because the subtitles that I was watching. Yeah, uh, Kata, Rageku, and Maku. Right. Mm hmm. Okay, Rageku is the jellyfish, right? Right. Right. Uh, Darling. So, oh, God. She, she kind of annoyed me, too. Um, Anybody who ends up having that piece of dialogue that has no choice but to keep repeating the word darling they always piss me off <laughs> oh i know but i gotta say the designs on them are pretty awesome no those but... are sick designs yeah. i love mm-hmm. the design really all, all the high level the kenma long when we get mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. their designs are really like oh my god also like leo's like leo's like suit design oh gorgeous one of my favorites oh my god God, man! Oh, yeah. Mm, Not only that, mm. but I love, I love his style of fighting. It's so fierce. It's so like savage, but it's also, 
it's so intentional. Yes. Yeah. There's technique to it. There's intention yeah. to it. That's where you see that, like, the Gekijuken mm-hmm. is still in him, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he, he gets, he revives, those, uh, first he revives Kata and uh, Rageku to teach. Kata teaches Ryo to sort of uh, harness his rage, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rageku wants to te- teaches him about jealousy and how to use that to fuel his uh, power or his need for power even more. But right. he also, she also kind of takes in Melee a bit because she, she's mm-hmm. the only one who really notices her power and tries to yeah. sort of tap into that while she's also teaching uh, Leo. Let me talk about Melee for a second. Oh, like, are we there yet? Are we at that point of the podcast now? I'm at this point right Let's now. Go. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. It took us like 20 episodes for somebody to acknowledge her power. Mm-hmm. And before then and after then, she was just getting fucking tossed around by Rio. And I was so mad by that. Oh my God. I kind of forgot, to be honest, that it takes like 40 episodes for him to acknowledge her. Because even during her episode with the jellyfish Kenma, like Mm. when she is learning to harness her love for Leo to be stronger, basically. Uh Even then, he doesn't really acknowledge her. You know, not in the, I'm acknowledging your love for me. He's acknowledging that he's jealous, that Mm -hmm. he can't be the one beating up on Jafu. So I'm just like, oh my god, Melee. Like, I love everything about her. I forget until my second rewatch that she just gets kicked to shit all the time in that show. It was so frustrating to watch. I just love her. I've always like wished that she was more of an equal to him. Like Yeah. She's yeah. always kind of serving him and she's always talking like even her catchphrase like uh she says I do this for the love of uh Leo um I am the love warrior kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I was like, you don't, I mean, you're more than that. You don't need to, you don't need to, you know, follow this dude who doesn't love you at all or whatever. I mean, I get the story yeah. significance of it, I guess, but not really. I don't know. It's, it's. Yeah. They kind of rush that towards the end yeah. to throw in sub significance. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why couldn't any of you have done that earlier? You yeah. Know? Like she, she was, she's so capable a lot of the times, but yeah, she does get thrown to the side or told to shut up or whatever. Whenever yeah, literally. She... Yeah. Like, that happens quite a bit. And I'm just like, oh. So that, like, you know, that makes me dislike Leo so much up until, like, you know, the 40s episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, he gets, you know, because he gets such an interesting, like, interaction with John and, but. Yeah. I just, it's such a tragedy. Just her character not getting the everything she deserves. Ugh. Yeah, it it felt like that was all, something that also happened with like uh, Yoko and Gaim. Yes. Well, yeah, because they they both fit into that. Uh, God, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there's always the female retainer to Nobunaga that the Japanese storytelling loves to have that kind of character in their stories, so that's why you see it here, that's why you see it in Gaim, uh, that's why you'll see it in a lot of stories, is because they're used to that being a trope 
right. uh, that comes up yeah. so well. I can't remember the name of the character off the top of my head. I had it before I was trying to say it. But basically, there's that uh, female retainer that will always put themselves aside for the sake of their warlord. And mm. she totally fits into that category for the sake of Rio. Yeah, like, I actually wouldn't mind that she, like, does love him and that she's the warrior of love if he acknowledged her early on. Yeah. You know, or sure. was less. I mean, I get it, you know, if you're thinking about Leo's backstory and how consumed he was with being stronger and how, you know, you learn at the end he's being manipulated to be that way. I get that maybe he just couldn't not focus on himself. You know, mm -hmm. and that, like, anything else around him was not in his focus, including yeah. her. But right. still, it's, like, such a disservice to her. It really mm -hmm. is. Like, I don't, I don't want to get ahead of that too much, but if there's any sort of disappointment that I had by the end of the series is that, you know, depending on how you wanted the ending to go, even if we had a hint, just a hint... Of seeing them in some sort of Geki Ranger suit. Uh. I wanted to see that for the two of them so bad. Like, I wanted I have to feelings see like a, a Geki too. Green and a Geki Black so bad. Or Geki Lion, whatever you want to call it. Like, I wanted to see that for them so much. Mm -hmm. Like, as much as I love their suits as, you know, Rinjuken. Uh -huh. And I know that, you know, I guess they wanted to kind of keep their... His, I don't know. They, they at the end of the day, they just didn't want to make more suits, I guess. But yeah, story story wise, it kind of made sense because they're a part of the team, but they're not really a part of the team. So they have to keep their powers, I guess. But yeah, I would have loved to like gotten the because I mean, in in Power Rangers Jungle Fury, they made like three new suits for the Masters. So it's like it would have been cool if we got another few suits. You know what I mean? For, yeah. Even yeah. though we did get we did get green and black in Jungle Fury. <laughs> yeah, oh but the suits God. we didn't like. I go over to that. Like, I don't want to get. I don't want to get stuck on this. I really don't. I was so disappointed in Jungle Fury. I know a lot of people love it, but it's just like when you go from Geki Ranger to that, and it's like, look, you guys have the option. I didn't realize you were going to take the option. You could make new suits, and instead of giving your bad guy characters Ranger suits, you gave suits to characters who didn't have suits before and didn't need the suits and then you get that what the power of an elephant like uh, no no just just don't <laughs> please i don't i don't need that right now i'm cool with rj but you know i enjoyed jungle fury but yeah the the spirit ranger suits i was like these could have been uh chameleon and you know lion yeah easily I did like the bat yeah. suit, though. I'm not going to lie. I did like the bat suit. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I, what I liked, the, I mean, there's a lot of issues with, you know, the whole Melee and Leo thing. But what I liked about, at least with Leo, is that his path kind of mirrored their path. Every time they got a new power, he got jealous and got more power. And their power fed to his power. And he yeah. always was striving for more. And what I enjoyed about it was that his masters taught the almost exact opposite of like Shafu and the others. Like mm -hmm. Shafu and the others always taught through life, through living. Whereas he like his masters always taught through jealousy and hatred and rage. 
and wanted him to tap into that and to disregard his humanity. Whereas, you know, the Gekijuken lifestyle thing was all about living and learning through being who you are every day kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that like Ryo and the Geki Rangers were always kind of at an equal footing. Mm-hmm. You know, like this wasn't they played it up, but it wasn't necessarily like Ryo's ultimate bad guy that they just like had like completely off their level to be mm. able to fight them. Like he was always kind of on an equal footing with them and learning and getting yeah. stronger at the exact same time that they were. So it made me feel like, because that doesn't happen in Sentai often anymore, I feel like. Like, the villain is always just OP as hell to start with, and they have to train up to fight them. But this, in this case, it was just a constant battle between the two of them, just trying to get stronger every time. Yeah. Well, I think what what works is that, I don't know whether or not this was their plan from the beginning or they eventually got there and I'm glad that they did. It's that they understood that if they're going to borrow a lot from the martial arts movie aspect of things, you don't necessarily need an uh, a, a good villain so much as you need a good rival, a good antagonist. And what works so yeah. well about the two of them is that uh, Rio and John are rivals for the whole series. Mm-hmm. And then when you do need them to come together against a villain – you get a jerk like Long where it's like, okay, we can both agree to hate this guy. And then you don't lose the rivalry necessarily. Yeah. That's true. That's a really good point. Yeah. But let's talk about, let's talk about that episode where the Geki Rangers do get their um, savage key. Like that was a really good and emotional episode. I feel like. Just mm. finally the showdown that we wanted to see between <sighs> them and Rio, and it just was, I felt like it was really building up, you know, and it was such a, like, well executed and everything. It felt so good for them to get their power up. Was that the Broken Helmet episode? No, no that's not no, until closer is... to the okay, end. That's, okay. like, the real final showdown. Oh, this okay, is the one, this sure. the one where uh, Rio challenges them, and then uh, they lose, which... I almost liked the fight when they lose before the yeah. more than the fight they win because Leo is so savage. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. I remember which one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he tears them down. And mm-hmm. then uh, when they're like about to go down, like Jan is the one who sort of ex- like shows this hidden power. He gets unlocked. It's kind of like a Gohan kind of a moment. Where he just bursts with power and he's he's the first one to get Kageki, but he can't hold it because he's so exhausted and beaten down. So then Leo sees that and says, Okay, I want you guys to figure this out and then I will challenge you later. But I'm gonna take Master Shafu as a hostage. So then they have to first they have to get back up. Like they're mm-hmm. they're self doubting themselves and they don't think they can do it. And then Miki's the one that snaps them out of it and says, you guys need to figure this out. You guys need to unlock this. And they have to find the new masters and train with them. That's when you get the whole uh, competition thing. And then they, they learn to unlock it that way. Well, they get the the little changer, but they don't unlock it until they start the fight. Yeah, they don't unlock it until the fight. That's correct. Right. Because they, they have to find what makes them want to fight. 
That's, that's yeah. a question that they keep getting asked. That why are you fighting? Why do you want to be mm-hmm. a Gekijuken user? And when they f- realize that they want to use it to, you know, to protect people, that's when they unlock the Kageki um, power, and that's when they get their super Geki forms. Like the yeah. way I always looked at that was like to to play it back to something like a. Uh, say from uh, Batman Begins, it's that thing that uh, Rachel Gould says to Bruce during training. The training is nothing. The will is everything. And yep. it's when they find mm-hmm. that will, the, the the three of them united, like, no, we need to protect people. Then they can use the Super Geki Changer. And then mm-hmm. just the way, you know, like we were kind of talking about it before. They don't put on the new costume. It kind of like the old costume burns off and it's yeah. there underneath the whole time. I love like it, it, it's like their way of visually showing it was in them the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna stare at my Geki claw because I have the the John's Geki claw up you on do? my shelf. Yeah, uh, Tom oh, gave it to me when I visited man. him. Yeah, that's so hard to find now. But anyways, uh-huh. I just yeah. stare at that because that's like a dope changer. It's just something so simple like that. Ugh. Like, I like what uh, Josh like what you were saying at the beginning of this episode where you were saying that uh, you always sort of remember your first. I feel like because this was the first show that I watched from beginning to end live, uh-huh. it became sort of my golden standard of what I want a Setai to be, and mm. specifically these batch of episodes. Yes, like this yeah. episode, yes, absolutely. Like, for me, like it may be a superficial, but what makes a great like show as far as Sentai goes for me is when it has this kind of moment where they they're confident and they go up against the bad guy. The bad guy makes them realize that they are not there yet and they have to pick themselves up and learn to overcome and they come back and they're better than ever and it's just that whole tension of this batch of episodes like that's what i look for in every show that i see now and that kind of it kind of ruins a lot of shows for me (laughs) it's 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 one way of looking at it that for your first show that you're getting into to be so a hard hitting and emotional and mm-hmm. just in general what you consider good it's hard to yeah. match other things up to that and oh, then like exactly to, this is something i always thought about and this is me always like overthinking things so i admit this is just me and my own uh brain here but i always saw it as from a design standpoint uh looking at the suits you know the base forms of all five of them and then towards the end of the series it seemed to me like there was a conscious decision that the more white that was on the suit, the more powerful you were. Because you look at it, mm-hmm. there's not that much white on the basic uh, Geki Red, Geki Blue, and Geki Yellow suits. There's more of an outline on Geki Violet that you see more in line yeah. with the Super Geki forms. And then you get to Geki Chopper, and he's mostly white. And he's supposed to be, you yeah. know, equal footing with all the rest of them who have done all this training. So mm. I I I don't know whether or not that's actually somebody over at Toei made that decision, but to me that was kind of my own little uh, theory that oh maybe that's how they were doing it because I think it fits. <laughs> that's so interesting. I never would have thought about that. But let's talk about Go and Ken because they are really interesting characters. Hold on, uh, before we leave the Kageki episodes, my one gripe about it is that I wish it was longer. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Only because there's one line in the middle of it where they're talking about Kageki and how to get it. And the masters say that no one has ever 
unlock the Kageki power. N not even us masters have been able to do it. Uh, so you're going to have to really train for it. But it ends up being only one episode of training. Yeah, that's true. Whereas like when they were getting their, you know, their other power-ups like the fan, the Geki, the sabers, the uh, hammer thing. Those were like longer episodes. Each character had their own like batch of episodes. Whereas the Kageki, which is supposed to be a more powerful form and tougher to obtain, was only reached in one episode. So that was my only yeah. thing. I kind of wish that I wish that that was also like a five or six episode like arc where they had to like go through this grueling training to be able to get this. That's a good point. That's my only thing. I would agree, but I very much appreciate that for the most part in the whole series, nothing feels like it overstayed its welcome. True. Mm -hmm. Like, if there's one thing you can't say about this series is that it never drags. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I, I, I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. There's definitely episodes, like filler episodes that kind of just, or like standalone episodes that are kind of like, uh, but at the same time, they are still learning something. <laughs> Even Mama Ron. Uh-huh. That fucking uh, episode. That, that one, episode. I don't know about that one. That's the one of those few episodes where I don't know if they learn anything. That's that's true. I mean, I watch it when I just need something stupid funny no, to it, watch. Like, it's so silly. Stupid funny. Like, Shaquem. Shaquem yeah, is that's one true. thing. Shaquem. But for sure, like, if we're going to get into Go and Ken, specifically, probably... Out of any Tokusatsu Christmas episode, the Geki Ranger Christmas episode, <laughs> and having Ken in the wig, I'm your mother! <laughs> oh my god, we should talk about that later, because holy crap, that episode is the best, best Christmas episode. I love Christmas that episode, episode so much. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to talk about Go first? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, Muay because... Thai in my Super Sentai. Dude, I am here. Dude. For it. I was, I remember <laughs> seeing that episode for the first time and being like, oh my god, this is Ong Bak, but in Sentai. Yes! I, <laughs> I was excited about his fighting style, but I was really not excited about his character at first, because I was like, okay, now here's the brash, cold guy finally coming mm -hmm. in. And then, you know, by the end of the episode, you see why, and you know why, but I was like, oh... I can't stand these types of guys, but I warmed yeah. up to go quickly. In retrospect, I I was kind of worried, like, on later rewatches of the series, like, if people thought that this was going to be, like, the second coming of Gal Wolf, but then it manages to be its own thing separate from that. It's like, okay, there are some similarities about, you know, wolf power being evil, and then you overcome it and become a ranger, fine. Mm -hmm. But he's him, and, you know, this is different. Mm -hmm. But I just love the fact that um, it's such a unique style and even a suit compared to the other Geki Rangers. Yeah. Like, he's got the wrappings on the arms and his legs. He definitely uses the uh, the elbow pads and the knee pads that none of the other suits have because he's going to be using yeah. that. It's Muay Thai. It's striking. He's got to get in there. The gong it's, changer's it's so simplicity. Good. Like... There's so many good things about that design in general, and then the way it's implemented. Yeah. Like, oh, God. It's, oh, man. Like, there's certain things that you watch in a Super Sentai or in Tokusatsu where you're like, oh, wow! 
And then there's certain things you watch. And for me, it was the episode when he first became Geki Violet, where you don't say, oh, wow. You go, yes. <laughs> it, hits you, it hits you deep in there, in your soul. Like, no, I need to see Ring Out. I need that in my life. Yeah. Oh, no. Dude, His suit is so good, like, man. The first, the, when he first, like he first transforms, he first does his roll call, uh-huh. and then he jumps in and destroys the Rinchi. The way he does it, <laughs> it's so cool. Oh my god! And he uses a lot of stuff that you see in stuff in Muay Thai, and like I'm gonna you say Angbak because I mean, it's that's all Tony Jaa right there. That's all Tony Jaa. Yeah, this whole series is about you know paying homage to like martial arts legends. Tony Jaa is definitely a legend. So seeing his style implemented with Geki Violet is just so cool. And I love that he doesn't have a weapon. Exactly. Yeah. His hands and feet his hands and feet are his weapons. His yep. elbows are his weapons. Mm-hmm. So like and his finisher is in a boxing ring. I know, I right? That. I like his changer too. Like it's the same like kind of wrist style changer, but it's got the little mm-hmm. bell. It's it's great. That's the one I want to get. Like, I want to get, I want to find that song. I had the American version I, and I had to sell it a couple of years ago. And I was like, ah, but that means I have to go out on the lookout for an actual Japanese gong changer now. Oh yeah. my God. Geki Ranger stuff is impossible to find. I know. Because like when I first yeah. watched the series and as soon as I was done with it, I immediately cosplayed Retsu. Uh, mm. But now having rewatched it, I think two times now fully, I would absolutely cosplay as Go. Like, Good luck finding that jacket, man. I, oh, Holy no. Oh, my crap. God. That jacket. Even then, that jacket was insanely expensive. But yep. it's so oh, cool. God, <laughs> so I get it, but I don't get it because it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no. It's, it's incredible, man. He's such a good character. The episode when he learns how to do the... He's in the waterfall and he learns how to do the uppercut. Yes. Mm. Oh my god. Oh man, like I don't see a lot of episodes where I feel like like usually it's really obvious when a character or a ranger is about to learn the technique towards the beginning of the ep- towards the end of the episode, but here the fact that we've seen he's been taking a lot of time on it. He learns it at the very beginning of the episode and we're waiting for him to bust out with it. Like there was that anticipation of like, all right, let him transform. I want to see it. I want to see it like that kind of build up uh, much the same as when, you know, you're fighting the Kenshi when they get super geki forms. That's the kind of writing and storytelling that really makes me keep coming back to this series so much. What I like about go also is that I kind of, I, I like his, origin mm-hmm. i like the fact that he was a gekijuken user but then once he got to a certain level he uh, he didn't unlock kageki he unlocked his own thing which is called uh shigeki or something like that yeah shigeki shigeki was what it was called and it's not it's not geki it's not kageki it's not the rinjuken form which is doryuki i think or doriki but it was something else and because of that he felt like he couldn't he couldn't be a part of the Geki Juken anymore. So he went on his own. and But he also found, he trained him his own and used a forbidden uh, move or style yeah. to transform into the wolf. And then he got stuck in that wolf for more than 10 years and disappeared. And then when he comes back, 
he hasn't aged. But Retsu has grown up from being like this, you know, very scared, shy boy who just likes to draw. And now he is a master. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, like I said in the beginning, like his first appearance was kind of off-putting because I felt like he was that cold, brash guy. Mm -hmm. But it makes sense once they finally show that Retsu was this scared kid. Oh. Go really had to protect yeah. him and really had to yeah. be there for him. So that's why Go at first just could not accept Retsu yeah. as a Geki Ranger and was like, I cannot believe you are a Geki Ranger. You, I just, it just, like I said, yeah. it off put me at first and then I completely mm -hmm. understood and then I was like, damn, Go's a great brother. By the way, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys have probably caught this, but. I didn't realize until the second watch how early they started dropping the knowledge that Retsu had a brother. Yep. Yeah. That yep. was in yeah. Ge that was a Gekiju can use it. It yeah. was so early on. Yeah, which is surprising because you know Sentai likes to just throw random plot into its stories yeah. without any like previous knowledge. So yeah, yeah, they dropped it pretty pretty early. Not just that, but they like it. They showed that it was a sore spot for Retsu. Yeah. Uh huh. I love that. Well, it's, it's kind of like that whole thing that we see every season. Like, usually when we're first seeing, uh, whether we're supposed to see it or we're not, uh, when we see toy scans or magazine scans uh, of the initial team, mm -hmm. usually they've already got in mind that, okay, we've got another ranger, or in some cases two rangers coming down the road. So right. it's all a matter of, well, okay, how early does the writer want to go ahead and integrate that into the story? And in this yeah. case, I appreciate that they did it as early as they did, because then it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like, oh, we're just dropping this on you to make a toy sale. No, it feels like, no, we had an idea yeah. for this the whole time. Right. Which I feel like, I feel like Ken is the one that got the traditional, you know, reveal. Yeah, yes. I, I agree I with that. Agree I with still that. love him, though. Like, I yeah. absolutely adored his episode. And, like, he's the reason when I went to Japan for the first time, I was like, I'm going to have Menchikatsu as soon as <laughs> yes. I land. Like, as soon as I can. And I did. And it was awesome. And for the record, Menchikatsu is delicious. <laughs> absolutely. I understand why they fight for it. It's awesome. I, I love that they fight for food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so like John, you know? <laughs> Nobody ever says this. Because, you know, we, we've gone over, like, clearly there's the uh, Muay Thai leanings on Geki Violet, so we kind of tie that back to Tony Ja, and a lot of the the masters are related back to, um, you know, famous, you know, martial arts movie stars and stuntmen. Nobody yeah. ever says this, and again, this is another one of the things I, I came up with in my head, but I always figured because he's supposed to, his Geki Ranger outfit is supposed to be a karate gi, I always thought, yeah. okay, well, this guy's supposed to be so overpowered next to everybody else. I always figured he was supposed to be Chuck Norris. <laughs> I always thought he was supposed to be like um, Sonny Chiba or something like that. Ooh. Mm. No? Sonny would have been a good one to reference, but like, I don't think Sonny was karate necessarily. Really? Because, I mean, like, in Street Fighter, it seemed like he was... Well, okay, yeah, Street Fighter. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, I still can't figure out exactly what, like, Ken is referencing in his style, his, like, diamond key or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know, but I like him. I like him a lot. I always thought it was just, just like, just karate in general. 
Yeah, karate yeah, is all yeah. about it's all about clean lines, strength. Uh, you know, it is it is about being tough and being like stronger than the others and being hard as a diamond kind of thing. Like that's kind of a part mm-hmm. of from what I can tell from karate. Like whenever I see things represented as karate, that's kind of the image that I get. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, it could be Chuck Norris because Chuck Norris was like when you think about karate, is Chuck Norris and yeah. Sonny Chiba is another one. So I don't, know. yeah. But it's like just going into the ridiculous. Like his name is Ken Hisatsu. You name, <laughs> yeah. you named your character. The more you learn about Japanese, like Hisat, like he's Hisatsu, your sure, yeah. your sure kill technique. Like. Yep. <laughs> like that's really yeah. like we really want you to understand that this guy is super powerful. We gave him the biggest yep. Zord or mech that we could possibly think of to give him. Uh, the biggest changer too. Yeah. yeah, right. God. Comparatively speaking, to something like say Ryu Commander or uh, something in Q Ranger, one of the bigger changers that a uh, up to that point a Super Sentai uh, character had ever had. Yeah. And again, I don't mean to rag on that too much, but, like, sometimes you can't get a hold of the Japanese thing, so you do your best and get a hold of the American thing. I don't like that, whereas the Japanese toys, if you had the Super Geki Changer and his Changer, you could combine them just like they do in the show. Mm -hmm. But the American ones, you couldn't do that. They did not leave that functionality in. And that was really annoying to find that out after the the fact. Yeah. Yeah, there's an episode where – No, not in – no, yeah, they did do it in Jungle Fury, but um, okay. yeah, it was it was just annoying because like I get so used to watching Geki Ranger, it's like okay, well, I'll get what is clearly available to me at Walmart or Target or Toys R Us here or even the Disney store, and it's like wait, I can't, I can't do it, I can't, what? Uh. No, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> such a shame. Yeah, because his like his changer is kind of cool, and like how he's like the the diamond fingers or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. The way it was translated is very, very strange. But he's still pretty. I love him, though. I think I just love the silly characters. And that's why I love John and him, like, out of everybody mm, of the main yeah. Geki Rangers. Like, uh-huh. him and John continue to be my favorites. You know what's interesting about John that I noticed watching this is that, yeah, he does grow and he does start to, like, I mean, he doesn't talk normally, but he's still, he becomes more acclimated to modern speech mm-hmm. but if you look at him when he's not the center of the scene you can see him in the background still doing childish things on his own like <laughs> like yes. there was an episode that, um there was the one where he like i think one after the one right after geki violet joins the team and there's the episode opens up with them fighting each other just to test and see like, I think Go was testing to see how their triangle was working. And they fight and fight and fight. And then they do their plan where it ends with them shooting the cannon at him. And yeah. uh, Go is like, oh, man, you guys you guys are really trained and well-balanced together. But then John just, like, presses it to shoot. Yeah. Like, John, don't shoot. And he shoots it. And then Go, you know, does his move to counter it. And then they transform, untransform, and then Jan was like, "Oh man, you're awesome! You're so you blew that thing away like just immediately." And then Retsu has to hit him and says, "We told you not to shoot." <laughs> and then while uh, Ran is talking to Go, you see Jan in the background, sort of miming 
one bullet coming to the other bullet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, his actor was so good for his character. Yeah. Like, Hiroki Suzuki, holy crap. I would do anything to meet him to just be like, how did you get into character for John? Like, just, I want to know, like, what mindset you needed to be in to be as yeah. silly and even improv-like, you know? And, like, having gotten in the, at that point watching Geki Ranger, that one being my first one, when he came back in Gokaiger, I was so happy. Oh, my God. Mm. Mm. But then, like, seeing that growth of his character, like, seeing how much he had calmed down, but still, it's still him. Yeah, yeah. it's still him. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh man. man. I Yeah, there was an episode, I think it was the same episode, where Jan says that he's very... Uh, worried and bothered like irritated mm-hmm. and he didn't know why so he went to gory to figure out what is wrong and gory sent him out on his own quest and then he also talked to go and at some point leo and while he's doing that john is on his own trying to figure out how this triangle is going to work with a fourth member oh and my god <laughs> in the whole episode you're thinking oh he's gonna figure out how to make I watching it a second time, I forgot the end result. I thought he was gonna say, Oh, this is not a triangle, this is a square now. We have to yeah, make it yeah. a perfect square. And then Jan comes back and said just motion like pushes them around into a lineup <laughs> and he said, There, I feel so free now. And they're like, Wait, were, like, wait, were you trying to just figure out how to line us up? He's like, yes, Yeah, yes, that's so good. <laughs> Oh my god, because you know, he's sitting by the river with like the little blocks that represent everybody. He's just yeah, like but you staring don't see it at, at first. them. Yeah. You don't see it at first. They just show they show him staring at a rock. Yeah, yeah. A big you rock, don't see and the he's blocks. looking. You think he's contemplating. He's like, no, he's just trying to figure out the lineup. Oh my god. Oh, sorry. That's good. That makes me like laugh cry because it's so damn funny. Oh my god. It's little things like that, like that make him such a good character. Because, like, I cannot think of any other character that like has that much funny energy. Oh my god. Right. But the thing is, is that even though it's silly and funny, there is a genius to what he is actually saying. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, where he is, he's saying, like, we don't need to focus on the triangle. We just need to focus on us standing together, fighting as a team, mm-hmm. side by side. Yes. And that's what he was getting at. And it's that simplicity, which is initially what he brings to the team to begin with. And, like, you might be off put for a second of, like, wow, is he really getting lost in thought? No, he's still keeping it simple. And mm-hmm. the fact that he's the one doing that is what helps everybody else get that uh teamwork to be achieved Mm -hmm. yeah and i do like that like go and everybody else do learn from john and of course like i mentioned earlier i love the way that like john and ken kind of play off each other because they're both so like silly and everything it's incredible this oh my god i could go on for like hours on how awesome just the whole entire team the geki rangers are like they are like the perfect sentai team I just, yeah. I was always upset learning, because I, I, I was taking a couple of Japanese courses at the time. They never made a John Ken Pon joke. <laughs> I seemed like they were, it seemed like they were ripe for it, and then they never, they never went for it. Oh, man. Was there a character named Paul? No. And I'm like, why wasn't there? <laughs> 
Wait, wasn't uh, Elehan Elehan Campo? Campo, yeah. You're right. You're right. That was his full name. So they could have been like Jankin Po between the three of them. <laughs> that would have written itself. Yeah, right. Yeah. <sighs> uh, so, let's see. We want to talk about the end because a lot happens in that last stretch. Of- Once we introduce Lon as our main bad guy and they start barreling towards the end, like, the fight ramp up every episode mm-hmm. had me on the edge of my seat, and especially, you know, watching uh, Mele start to sacrifice herself to get stronger, to get that, I forget what you call it, that, that phoenix armor. Oh, fucking gorgeous. Mm. Oh my god. Like, I didn't think I was gonna like it, and then I saw it and I was like, oh my god. Like, I was only okay with her monster form, but this is, like, really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, all of those episodes leading up to the end, and then seeing that whole thing that I, I think I like more in other Sentai series more than not, where they learn how to defeat the villain, not in, like, super geki form, but in their basic geki ranger outfits. When it's done right, I, I like it when it's done that way. I, my only thing that I have is I kind of, this is just me being selfish because I love all the characters. I honestly wish the show ended at episode 47 because I just wanted a happy ending for everybody. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I get you. (laughs) It hurts. It hurts. But I gotta say Long was a very interesting villain that I did not expect, but I know that they like, you know, they brought him in. I think around, like, the 20s, you know, to start the manipulation for Melee and everybody. Yeah. And then, like, see, seeing his character come to fruition, the real meaning behind his character was very interesting. Usually I feel like that's really out of place, but this time mm-hmm. they did it really well. And you just hate him by the end. Oh, I yeah. know. Like, hate, hate. <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, so Josh, when you were talking about how uh, you like it when certain shows end with these with the uh, base team form. in the base form, are you saying that uh, Gay Karina didn't do that well? Or I'm saying they did. Okay. This is one of the few cases where I think it did. Other cases, it doesn't feel like it makes a lot of sense. Like, I think mm-hmm. here and Shinkenger and... Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones off the top of my head where I, I feel like when they ended using only the base form, it made a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. Those are the ones that really stand out to me. Um, aside from that, like, I appreciate, you know, not getting too far ahead, but the fact that when they do the uh, go on your Geki Ranger team up, bringing back Lone and then using that as an excuse to bring Melee and Rio back as well, like, that right. just made it that much more... Uh, of a viable threat, like oh crap, he's back because like they it yeah. took so much out of them to be able to uh to trap him the way yeah. they did, and it's like to to me like if we're if we're focusing a lot on that whole uh the martial arts uh e- even the ones that are more mystic in nature, the fact that they're having to rely on technique versus a fight because they know they can't yeah. stop it, they can't defeat him they can't kill him but they can stop him that yeah. i think made a lot more sense for the story they were telling i agree also i love the fact that uh jan is the one that keeps the 
the orb yes. at the end, right? Like he's still wearing yeah. it in Gokaiju, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's wearing it in Gokaiju, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so that fight at the end where the three show up at the end to fight Long, uh-huh. that is the one fight that I go back to and watch every once in a while. Mm-hmm. It is probably one of my favorite martial arts fights in Sentai. Yeah. Yes. That was an incredible episode. Because it's, it's the way that they show how they've become so perfect in their, like, quote-unquote triangle. Yes, absolutely. That even while they're fighting, they are fighting as a triangle. Like, one person attacks, the two of them are distracting, and then they sort of switch back and forth. Yeah. And mm-hmm. The choreography in that fight, just it's just amazing. Just so good. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that it's just the three of them that are really yeah. doing the final blow. Like, because I love Go, I love Ken, I like the dynamic that everybody has together, but it really does mm-hmm. come back to the triangle at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, can we talk about the episodes before it, though? Yes. Because, like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. sobbing, me sobbing, watching episode mm-hmm. um, freaking 48, or no, was it 47 or 48? Whatever, okay. When they, when Melee sacrifices herself, I cry, like I sob, sob hard. Mm. Like I just finished that episode yesterday. So I remember sitting in this room, just like crying and I'm like, oh my girl. Cause it's like, cause in that episode, you know, it's right after they save her cause they recognize, you know, it's not you know, this whole situation with Long is bad and they need to save her and they need to save Leo and Leo's not going to step up. So they got to save her. And then she just like helps them out to be like, okay, we're even now. And at the bit, you know, when she actually is going to get eaten by Long, she just like pushes them away. And I'm like, oh my God, like I can't even describe the episode without being upset because it's like it's such a crazy character growth for her well and then on top Mm. of that it's the fact that you know there's all of that emotion you get from both her sacrifice and then rio's sacrifice and it's like (sighs) and then you end it on psych you can't kill me like it's like (sighs) really we're doing this (sighs) i know it hurt my soul (laughs) oh my god I but I like I said I did want it to end like just before this episode uh-huh. we know because the episode before was like guys let's go back to the base you can be Gecky Green you can be Gecky Black and I'm like why couldn't it just ended it there I because know. the feelings that happen right after are so intense my emotions oh I know <laughs> and the way Rio sacrifices himself and then like once he blows up and dies like it fades to white of him and melee walking off yeah. all holding hands oh. oh my god i'm gonna start crying right now oh my god <laughs> oh my god those episodes were so emotional oh my god like that's how you do it right there that's good writing and good good uh performances out of both of them yeah, I'll complain that, like, Rio and Melee, like, Rio did treat her like crap, basically, until these episodes, but at least the way it pays yeah. off is, like, yeah. really good. Or shoot, like, leading into these episodes, the first time they did the uh, the seven-person roll call with all five Geki Rangers plus them. Mm, uh, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Oh my god. All right, I'm going to have to wipe my tears away cuz I'm going to like oh start sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that they they whenever they do bring back the team, they they usually bring back Leo and uh Melee, right? Like for example, like the in Gokaiju with the legendary battle or whatever. You do see them as extra rangers, right? Yes. Even if it's just in suits. You see their suits in Gokaiger. Uh, they both come back in uh, Goenger versus Geki Ranger, and then Melee herself came back in that Space Squad movie. Yeah, right. Oh and my I God. was she was oh such a badass on that too. But my mm, just, mm, just oh, I lose <laughs> the words. I lose the words. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm I, I'm just getting it out of my system. The flashback of her with the long hair. <sighs> yeah, like look. As a cosplayer, her <laughs> wig is stupidly hard. So I think I'm just going to, like, I have her outfit in my closet. I'm looking at it. It's uh-huh. in my closet. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to do her long hair version. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to do that. Because her, her, I don't. I've asked people for friends for the better part of 15 years. Hey, are, are you able to do any of this? And anytime I showed them uh, Rio's designs or Mele's designs, I always got a resounding, hell no. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's so, oh, my God. That's another podcast I could go into. Of yeah. Just how I want to yeah. cosplay Mele and I'm not skillful enough <laughs> and nobody I know is skillful enough to make that happen. Oh, come on, commissioners. Take a chance. Learn a skill. <laughs> Rise to the top. <laughs> God damn. Oh my god. But yeah, those episodes are crazy, man. They yeah. they they hurt. They hurt. But the, of course the last episode's really good. Yeah. And then the fact that we can see them come back at all later on, it's just a joy. Yeah. It is. It ends really nicely too, I got to say. Just like them, you know, doing their own thing, like Ron and Retsu being teachers. That's really cool. And how they have the different tech, like techniques of teaching is really cool. And John like going out to go find Gekiju Kid students and go going on his own way. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's good feels. Man, I'm going to have to watch that Gokaiju episode again. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That, like, because I watched Gokaiju first and then I watched Geki Ranger later on. It makes that mm. episode so much more special you know yeah i love it it's It's like having them all together like i always liked geki toja as a as a mech for for the series but just when whenever they got to combine with melee and rio and they had the lion armor and the chameleon on the arm it just looks so complete having them all together even when they're on like the grand rhino or whatever the the Geki beast like even when uh, they're riding Sai-Dai-Yo, that guy yeah. yeah that is dope as hell yeah that's actually one of my favorite mechs of all time is geki tolja like i don't really like geki fire yeah. all that much like their upgrade yeah geki tolja is so good geki tolja i always felt with like it's a cool concept but it was a little too blocky for me nah i i i like the mix because it's not too blocky that he can't move yeah. But it's blocky enough to still look like a mech. I mean, it's not like Zooroger blocky, so. Well, that's like literal blocks, so that's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I like the 
mobility that the, the suit actor has. Yes. That's what gets me. Like, especially when they get Geki Tojo Wolf. Oh, my God. Ooh, yeah, like, yeah. the fact that Go is strong enough, not only does he get his own little wolf, but that little wolf is strong enough to control the rest of the giant mech. Mm-hmm. He could basically use his Shigeki to manifest the uh, cheetah and uh, the jaguar and uh, tiger. It's like, that's insane. Like, that just shows he's a boss. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. The real boss is Ken. I mean, Ken can control the best geki beast out there. Like, come on, come on. I always appreciated, though, like in the toy, uh, you could use the the side blade or the the little knife to actually remote control it to make it walk forward and back. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, geki ranger toys, man. They're awesome. Yeah. I miss them. I miss that whole thing. Yeah, seriously. So hard to find. Like, I've always wanted the, like, the robot that they use at Scratch to do the training oh, on. Because it actually, <laughs> yeah, because it actually, like, you can have it interact with the changers, too. And, like, the oh, changers will right. make oh, different wow. sounds. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing that shows the lasting power of Geki Ranger, it's the fact that they could come up with something really simple. Like, okay, well, we're a martial arts uh, academy that kind of works behind the scenes but we have this front company called scratch and even to this day we will see scratch oh, merch show up in other sentai yes. seasons and i don't get why bondi doesn't put out more of it because i want some scratch stuff to work <laughs> out in <laughs> I, I want agree. some scratch. I want some scratch. <laughs> no, when it showed up in um, Senna's like running outfit in yes. Kira Manger, I was like, oh my yeah. god, you know, <laughs> and it keeps showing up. And like I they love didn't it. have to do that, but they did. Yeah. yeah. Has it showed up anywhere else in other seasons? Uh, it showed up in Geki Ranger. It showed up in well, yeah. uh, Go Kaiger. <laughs> it showed up in. There was another one in between now and Kira Manger. I know there was another one. Hmm, really? That's going to bug me for a bit. I know it showed up in another season more recently. Because it's one of the few organizations that actually carries over. Like, right? Bokanger had their own thing where they were catching the, uh, collecting the precious. That never shows up anywhere else, I don't no. think. For some reason, Scratch shows up, and I wonder why. I don't know, man. Maybe everybody at Toei is a fan of Geki Rangers still. I think it's like it works in their favor that the symbol for the Rangers, like every season has a symbol. It's like, clearly it's like the claws because the three main characters, they're they're cat based. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's as clear and memorable as like the Nike check. So it's really marketable. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Good point. That's true. They should make more merch. They should. Oh, I know. Like, if I could get, like, a full, like, violet or blue scratch tracksuit. God, if I could just get some scratch kicks, all right? Like, they would be <laughs> so shoes. sick. That's what I'm saying. Just give me some give me some running shoes, man. Yeah, I would That's totally I rock some scratch shoes. Oh, wow. Some yeah, I would, shoes. too. I know I've seen Premium Bandai, like, re-release the... The gray shirts that they would wear yeah. underneath the jackets oh, yeah. occasionally, but that's that's about it, man. Oh, they got they. That's just so much potential. And I'm saying, like, if they're mm-hmm. if they're going to tease, like, hey, current se- season Kira Major, it's still out there. Like, 
Look, just give me something, all right? Like, I don't care who has give to get... Give me a water bottle, at least. A water bottle? <laughs> give me a... <laughs> give me a towel. That's so I, funny. I would take a towel. <laughs> a yeah, hand right, towel. hand towel. Whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, there's so many things I could talk about with this show, though. Oh, I feel like I could go on for a long time. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, oh, God, no. You don't want... It's just me sobbing about Melee constantly. Yeah. That's That would be, like, two hours of me doing Longest, that. probably yeah. longest running Toku Crush ever right there. <laughs> Melee? Ab- yeah. Yes. Unapologetically. I, I've always liked uh, Ran. Like, Ran was just... Yeah. yeah. She doesn't show up in as much stuff. Nah. You know, like, after the fact... Like, I, I appreciated that, I think it was last year or the year before... No, it was last year. When they had the Yu Yu Hakusho stage play, they had uh, both Ryo and Mele come back in that as mm-hmm. Botan and uh, Koenma. And they, yeah. got to, they got to be together oh, right. again. They're coming back again for that. They're doing a second act. Yes. Uh, December 2020. So, mm. so yeah. they're, they're back in that. I know, and I'm like, isn't it so nice that there's a reunion of the two of them? That's it makes awesome. me so happy. It's the unfortunate thing. I think both Retsu and his brother and Go's actor, they've all retired since. Yeah. Oh, really? Ron's actress retired as well. Yep. Well, then crap, all we got is Hiroki Suzuki then. Oh, and, and Sotaro. Yeah, yep. Wait, so uh, Ghost Actor retired after the Sharvan stuff? Yes. Dang, I forgot about that. Which was weird because I, I thought the Sharivan thing did pretty good. Like, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, he came, he, yeah, he came back too. for the... He, didn't he come back for the Space Squad thing, or was that... No? I think that was the last thing he did, and then okay. the retirement was like a couple months after that. Okay. Yeah. Because he was really good as Charvan, I thought. I thought so too. That was one of the more enjoyable out of the. That three. was one of the more uh, hardcore, like that last fight. Oh it, man! Like mm-hmm. he just went off. He was so brutal. Yeah. So good. <laughs> oh my god. Man, I gotta watch it again. And then, not wanting to forget, uh, since we talked about just about every other character, uh, Bay is Bay. Betty is Bay. Oh my god, I do love him too. And it's nice that he had his own like power and backstory. Like I miss having good narrators in Tokusatsu. You know, I mean we got Waz for common riders, yo, but like Bay's still like the cool narrator in my mind. Like he's the sports announcer. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also so charming and like you get like he played around with the fact that he was getting away from Melee for a bit. Yeah. yeah. And then he always commentated on how angry she was as well. Oh, man. Yeah. And I just, again, I love that they actually gave him, like, a real backstory, too. Uh-huh. Like, just giving him that, like, the his comment, his sports commentary actually, mm-hmm. like, enhances Gekijuken. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Like he is he is in their corner even if he can't physically be there. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Especially the episode with him like helping go fight the mm-hmm. wolf in him. Yeah. That uh-huh. one was really I actually good. really liked that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you would think something like that would be kind of cheesy as a way to give, you know, Bot Bay Bay some like actual like storyline, but it was a very significant role that he played. 
I thought he was over at that point. Like, yeah, I know. I thought him. that was it. Man, he had a good happy ending, and that's what matters. <laughs> and then, just going over the actors that you know whether or not they're doing anything, I keep forgetting because like time difference and whatnot. Uh, Natsume's actress watching her show up in Garo, it's like. So many years later, I'm like, oh my god, that's you. Wait. Wait, who is she in that again? In Garo? Yeah. In uh, Kami no Kiba, she's the, uh, the, the guardian. What? She- Hold on. We dude, gotta pause dude, for a second. <laughs> I, was wa- I was watching this, when I saw her episodes, I was like, she looks so familiar. Yeah, take a look. That's her. Oh my god, that's her. Oh yeah! Oh. She's only four eight. Oh, Mind blown. She did not get any I taller. Totally. Wow. I totally forgot that she did that. Wow. By the way, I loved her episode where she's teaching John patience. Yes. <laughs> and the fact that that translated to them to him naming the attack pork stew, pork, pork beef stew, stew. or pork, pork bun stew, pork yeah. bun stew. <laughs> And then he, he keeps saying it. Like, can you not call it that? It's like, but that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but no. <laughs> oh, she's so good. Oh, my God. I like her character. You know, it's nice to have, like, a kid in the show. And sometimes they're a little bit, like, grating. You know, there were some episodes where, like, oh, it was the episode she ran away. And she's like, John, I'm, I'm coming to stay in your room. And John's like, What? And then, like, the jokes that, like, the rest of the team make afterwards were really gross. But that episode was a good episode in general because it showed a really beautiful bond between her and Miki. And then, like, mm. you know, Miki gets to freaking pilot the, the Geki Beast. And Ken's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> that was a good episode. That one makes me smile. I think it, it really speaks to the series when, you know, in, when talking about certain shows or certain uh, series, you know, people usually gravitate to one or two very obvious episodes. But I think with this one, we've brought up so many different episodes because they were all of a quality and caliber that's like, no, no, this whole series is worth watching. You know, beginning, mm-hmm. middle, end, and everything in between. There's good character development. There's, for the most part, decent comedy the fights are great. The characters are great. Like, there's so much here to enjoy and love because Geki Ranger's so good. Yep. All right. We can't forget the Christmas episode, y'all. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that for a moment. So, Jump into your mother's chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even talk about it without <laughs> laughing. It's just so freaking funny because you know it's right in the 40s you know it's right in the middle of a very serious arc and it's like oh it's christmas time let's introduce this foreigner kid that has no idea what's going on he hates christmas for a reason you learned later on and Uh ken's like trying everything in his power to make this kid happy and ken's like pretending he knows english you know he brings (laughs) this kid to scratch everyone's like trying to get this kid into the christmas spirit miki's the only one that actually knows english and finds out that this kid hates christmas and then ken's like all right i'm gonna make it my mission for the rest of the episode to figure this out you know and he's so fucking funny 
And then if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, I think it's the only Christmas episode of any Tokusatsu where anybody mentioning Christmas, like you remember, like the church gets destroyed when the monster starts attacking, and they're like, "Christmas was the time that Jesus was born." Like, wow, I've never heard a Toku mention that before. And then the church got destroyed. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I never meant. I've never like heard that, and it is nice that like. There's kind of like a sad story with the mom. She died on Christmas or they got in a car. She got in a car accident uh-huh. on Christmas. And that's why the kid hates Christmas. And his dad just wants to help. And Ken's like, all right, I'll be your mama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What a hilarious episode. I, I'll never be able to get the I'm your mother out of my head (laughs) ever (laughs) oh my god yeah him in the wig and the terrible blonde wig full facial hair (laughs) (laughs) that's my favorite christmas episode of like all the sentais i've ever seen i always go back to that sentai and common writer combined that's probably one of my favorites and this is behind uh are you saying you you saying you didn't like the x-aid episode don't talk about x-aid christmas we don't speak about that here we, we don't speak about the last half <laughs> mm, good point because you can talk about pulpy doing her version of jingle bells and that's its own thing and mm-hmm. that's where the episode ended for some people <laughs> that's where it ends in my brain but yeah oh my god you're totally right when you said earlier that like Geki Ranger, just there's no like really bad episode. They're all kind of significant in some ways. Yeah, we can debate the merits of like some Iran's focus episodes where, you know, she's turned into like a mom or a delinquent or the marriage interview one and all yeah. that kind of stuff where she yeah. does get a disservice, but there is a growth happening no matter what especially like the marriage uh, interview episode where she is forced into doing that stuff but it does teach her to like stand up for herself which is i appreciate that was the the point they got across at the end yeah yeah, yeah. i agree i just wish there wasn't elehan yeah let's just yeet him into the sun i also wish that his lesson wasn't hey smile <laughs> It's like, oh, uh, terrible. No. Like, when you say it like oh. that, that just makes it sound worse. Watching it this time, I was like, wait, did he just tell her to smile and everything would be better? Uh, yep. It's like, Because God forbid a woman be serious, you know? Because she is, like, her whole thing is, like, training every day seriously and putting heart into it. Elahan, you just trained yeah. in cringe, bruh. <laughs> He's, he is the he is the worst character in the show by yeah. far yeah i know we briefly mentioned gory i don't know if you want to talk about him yes i mean he's just it's 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 the fact that the, the gorilla has braids like that's the only thing that's if it just didn't put the freaking braids he would have yeah. been a good character i mean he would have been a good character for me but I can yeah. never get past that. Well, it's like where where's the if you have to compare the two, uh, the Geki Ranger versus um, Juoger over how do we look at the? Uh, I hate both. Yeah, see, like it's not it's not looking good either way. 
Super Sentai in general. Get, we're gonna have to have yeah. a conversation about yeah, that later. It's just a huge oversight, and I, I guess it's just I don't know. It's there's just I guess a, a lack of awareness there because it's not something that they have to deal with. Yeah, very much over there. So yeah. they just kind of whenever it comes to things outside of Asia, they kind of well even inside Asia sometimes they they fall back on stereotypes. Well, like how many. It's kind of the same thing that they do a lot. It doesn't matter what series. Like, how many American cowboys can you have in, <laughs> yeah. in Super Sentai? Because I'm losing count. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It just feels so out of place because Gory isn't... Like, what What was Gory based on? Like, who was Gory well, based on? He's based on Donnie Yen. Yeah, the the name Gory Yen is based off of Donnie Yen. But yeah. there's nothing about him. Like, you can't really tell... I don't know. There's, I don't, it, yeah, other than the name, name he doesn't really come across as being like Donnie Yen at all. Yeah. I mean, there's some, yeah, some of these, like, you know, homage characters are just in name only. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, for example, there's the, the the gazelle, which is named after Yun Biao. And I guess because he is very agile, Yun Biao was very agile in his day. So that I could see that connection. Uh, the penguin is based off of Michelle. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, I think, yes. right? Because Michelle Peng yes. is her name. Yep. Um, I didn't really get a vibe of Michelle Yeoh off of her, though. Well, I, I, I got the uh, the strictness coming across uh, being semi-similar to some of the earlier things I'd seen her in, like some of the Cynthia Roth, Roth Rock things. Uh, yeah, that's true. I could see that a lot clearer than I could mm-hmm. for Gorian, because at least by that point, more so now... I'd seen a few Donnie Yen movies, and now I've seen a lot more. And then looking yeah. back at it again, you know, clipping through the the series, not, yeah, it's not really there. They just needed yeah. to put a name there, and then they just said, "Let's make it a gorilla." And then somebody decided to put braids on it because black. And it's yeah, like, come on, like ugh, so gross. Why? Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if that'll ever change because, I mean, they did a similar... It seems like every time they do a black monster, it kind of does that. Like, I remember in... Was it O's? Where they had that uh, jaguar or something and it was a black dude and they just kind of made it rapping or something. I forget. Was that the one with the cowboy hat? I think I blocked no. that out of my memory. <laughs> I... I Okay, it's been a long time, so I can't remember if I had a problem with the episode or with the fan subs. Because <laughs> I think oh, the fan cool. subs may have been more offensive than the actual episode. So, I don't remember. For those listening, take that as we highly recommend the series, but it's not perfect by any by any means. It's definitely not a perfect show, and watching it a second time, honestly, the mistakes in it are a bit more glaring, like the stuff with Ran and. Mm-hmm. Stuff with Gory and whatever. I don't think it puts it down too much, but it does notch it down a little bit for me. Yeah. But the highs are so high that... So just be warned going into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you guys want to talk about the movies a bit before we go? Uh, the movies were okay, but that that's pretty much part yeah. for the course as most Super Sentai movies go. They, like, there's only one or two that I really go back to and like, yeah, I would watch that more than once. Yeah. Uh, the, 
the summer movie is called Nay Nay Ho Ho Hong Kong Decisive Battle. And from what I remember, it is basically Enter the Dragon. It's basically yeah. Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Um, they also had the Geki Ranger versus Bokanger, which I will say that's one of those movies that I go back to once in a while because it is my two first Sentai shows. And I remember I got into Sentai because I saw a bunch of like older team up movies on YouTube. Same. So like like seeing like uh I think the first one I ever saw was Mega Ranger versus Car Ranger, I think, was the first one that I saw. So I saw a bunch of those and then this was the first one that I saw where I saw both teams shows. Or at least most of the shows. I remember the first time I saw it, I, I didn't know who the Bokengers were because I hadn't watched Bokenger yet. So like half the half the movie didn't make sense to me. Uh, but then yeah. going into like from that point on, watching Gek- Geki Ranger then staying concurrent, when we got to Go Onger versus Geki Ranger, I'm like, okay, I'm watching mm-hmm. I finished watching Geki Ranger, I'm watching currently with Go Onger, so this makes a lot more sense and is pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I I will say that the, the roll call for Geki Ranger versus Bokanger is for me is a staple. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the ones that I just uh, go back to and watch because one, it's a lot of Rangers like always, but I like both of their roll calls. So seeing them together makes it really cool for me. Mm-hmm. And I like seeing it like it's all it's on top of this big building or whatever. And they're looking down on the, uh, the bad guys and they're doing the roll call. And it's just, it's a really cool moment. I, I, I think what works about that one, you know, in you have to worry about that kind of thing in most team up movies is like you can bounce off uh Chief uh Boken Red being the serious red versus John being the more hyperactive red mm-hmm. and so they can play off each other, but then when you get to yeah. Goanger versus Geki Ranger, both Sosuke and John are really similar or sometimes considered too similar for a lot of people that you're not right. really getting a new dynamic. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. It just comes off really loud. Like the roll yeah. call's cool, but otherwise it's like, eh. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's my issue with Sosuke. Mm, mm. Too loud. Yeah, he's the one that he is loud for being loud. Uh huh. Yeah. Like there's there's not really much a reason. He's like, yeah, he's not really much a reason for him to be loud. I guess he is. He's kind of a cocky guy a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what makes him different from Jan. Um, speaking of like Go, uh, Bokinger versus or Gekiranger versus Bokinger, I think the fight where you see uh, Leo come back in the beginning, I remember always going back to that because, again, amazing choreography when it comes to Leo, mm-hmm. which is something I can yeah. say about the whole show. Actually, the whole show has great choreography throughout. I think. Yeah, with them like actually doing a lot of the um, martial arts too was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Or actually, now that I'm remembering, there's that uh, the fight at the beginning of that movie. I think it's uh, Sakura versus Melee towards the beginning. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was decent. That was pretty good. Yeah. You know what? Melee throughout the show definitely had a lot of stunts that I was really impressed they were able to do with her especially in that costume like i think of the fight between her and long and like they actually got her up on like the wires to do flips and shit like that like in that outfit without having a panty shot like 
what is that? That is like <laughs> magic. It has to be magic. Yeah. Like, I cannot function in that outfit. I have that outfit. I put it on. I cannot function in that outfit. I have to wear, like, five layers of tights. You know, like, it's just not happening. How did she do that? Seriously. There's got to be, yeah, there's got to be some, like, they have to have, like, a special get-up for action scenes kind of thing. Like a stunt version. For her, in particular. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what? If you ever had the chance, you should ask her about that. <laughs> God, <laughs> yeah, I would just want to know that in general. Like, how did you function? Like, how long did it take to get into that outfit? For one. Same with, like, Rio. Like, that outfit is insane, too. Like, all the armor. Can we talk about Rio's outfit a bit? Like, his, like, civilian outfit? Like, the yeah. S&M armor. <laughs> it's really cool until he takes off the, sh- the big coat. Uh, furry shawl thing yeah or the coat thing and then there's like a bunch of holes in this like mid area and i'm just like it's scandalous come on yes we got the side boob and everything with him (laughs) that's true i get it just like (laughs) if he was a more muscular actor i guess it would have worked well i think it worked out in their favor because like if we're building all of this off a style that somebody based off bruce lee developed Bruce was never about bulk. He was always about lean muscle. True. So true. Rio true. and John looking that way was completely fine for me. True. But yeah, that's true. Hey, yeah. I'm not complaining, man. <laughs> I'm not complaining over here. That's true. That's like, a good point. I'm not complaining about that. I'm not complaining about melee ever. Like we're, Yo, I'm she just... got a lot of thigh in that. Like, mm. it was all leg with her. I'm telling you, I'm looking at this right now. That's all leg. Just yeah. all leg. And I don't understand how she acted in that. Like, without just constantly worrying about that outfit falling apart. I think they had to, like, do a lot of creative angles to not be compromising. I think it had I to mean, be that, that. It's what you have to do. Yeah. I... Uh, which is great because... If you give it to a certain direct, like certain directors would not shy away from showing that. <coughs> we know who we're talking about here. But the fact that they made it, they made it tasteful enough in mm-hmm. this show is something not to look away from. Like that, they, they they didn't go the easy route or the cheap route. They wanted to be respectful for her. So yeah, and I did like that. It wasn't like. And a complete appropriation of the ki pao, the chong sam, is like what the outfit is based off of, that Chinese Mm -hmm. uh, dress. Uh It wasn't like, it was still very much in my mind honoring that outfit. It wasn't just a complete like appropriation of that outfit. Then Mm -hmm. again, like I am not Chinese, so I guess I can't really speak on that. But I still felt like there was that homage to the usage of that outfit in particular. Yeah, I can see that. Um, one more thing I wanted to talk about is that watching this show made me miss how they filmed Sentai action back then, uh-huh. as opposed to how they film it now. I mean, back then, I mean, a lot of the big fights are in that quarry, that iconic quarry. At uh, Iwafune. Yep. Yeah, which we don't get anymore. We don't get as much anymore. I feel like. Yeah, Iwafune-sama is very popular now. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just like, I appreciate 
those fights so much more versus like, look, guys, I get it. You have a drone and a GoPro. That's great and all, but I'd like to see the whole <laughs> fight from one angle. That's a good point. I like that too, but the novelty of it is starting to wear off, I think. Exactly. That, that's where I'm coming from with that. Well, that's the thing, though. It's it's a weird balance because you it you they'll use the same thing over. It happens all the time where they'll use a certain style for many years and then they have to change it up. Like with this one, there's a specific style that's used in Gekurator that's been used since I'd say probably the '90s, definitely in the early 2000s. And I think once like the action director changed, um, which funny enough is Geki Red. Like Geki Red is, Geki Red's actor is now the the action director for Sentai since like uh, GoBusters, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think he, I, it had to be partly him that changed the style of action, which is why we got like GoBusters is such a unique looking show as far as action goes. And then you get to like, you know, Lupin Ranger, uh, Lupato, where yeah. you, you start seeing the the GoPro shots used a lot more. And that's been something that they've been using in the last several years. And I think it has to do with the action directors that change every 10 or so years. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I think at least in Lupin Pat, it worked out really well from them. I'm just, yeah, you know, it, now the novelty's starting to fade away. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I kind of wish that they would bring back a bit of the old with the new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. have, have like, you know, these battles in big open areas where you can do like these big jumps and big wire stunts and big explosions and stuff like that, but also have these intricate choreography that does use stuff like GoPros and drones once in a while to like move around the fight organically. I think having a mix of that would be really cool. Yeah. I, I almost kind of wish this technology was available for Geki Ranger though. Cause I think oh, it would have worked man. really well for this series too. Yeah. Cause yeah, there, there are times where you see that kind of camera movement once in a while, but it's not long. Yeah. Um, which by the way, I mean, we should probably mention that the, in, the the action in the intro song is done by Sakamoto. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I forget that a lot. Yeah, it was one of the. I think it's one of the first things he did in Japanese tokusatsu. Well, since being in Power Rangers, like they they went to New Zealand while they were filming a season of Power Rangers, which I guess would be Overdrive. Yeah, those first shots with uh, Ron or uh, Geki Yellow in the river and Retsu, like yeah, that's all clearly uh, New Zealand. It's oh, beautiful, yeah. man. Absolutely oh, gorgeous. I love I that's why I never skip the intro. I never I skip never, the intro no. when I'm watching the episodes. Or at least I skip past like, you know, the main theme and then I go straight to like them in the river and everything. It's awesome. By the way, that song is a banger. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I know, it's I so keep going back to it. It's my go to karaoke song, you know. Oh, we gotta do that when we whenever whenever the world is safe enough for us to do karaoke again. Yeah, that would be so much fun. Such a yeah. good song. Oh. Did y'all do that in uh, in uh, L.A.? Uh, what do you call it? Japan World Heroes? I don't know that we were able to find it. Um, okay. we? Yeah, we might have not been able to find it that time. But I know we did for Power Morphicon. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Dang. Wish I was there. 
One day. One day. We'll get it back. One day. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything else that we want to talk about with Gecko Ranger, or do we want to wrap this up? Um. Well, let's let's make sure here. We talked about the Max. Talked about the uh, choreography. Talked about the characters. Gushed over melee for about half. No, I think that's about everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Uh, okay. That one thing. The only thing I mm-hmm. wish that we had gotten more recently was when they did uh the super sentai greatest battle i wish we could have gotten one of the actors back to have a focus fight instead of just a you know a cameo fight of just the suit like have go come back or have john come back and like throw down against yamato or something from zooger that would have been hiroki suzuki is still acting like he's still at it but he's pretty like he he hit his popularity right after Geki Ranger, especially being part of the D Boys. So I can understand why he might not be available. You know. Yeah, but that like th- that fight with Yamato is one of those like memorable fights nowadays. Yeah, like mm-hmm. people go back to that over and over again. If like because we already, it, I think in that fight they had uh, uh, Gao Red is is the one that shows his face, right? Yes. Yep. Imagine if that was Gal Red and uh, John. Oh. oh my god! And having John, you know, have his upbeat like he would be happy for him, you know, that he was able to win and do this for this kid, you know. Like John, I feel like John would be overly excited about it. Which is like if great. you could have switched oh. out. Uh... Ginga Green or Vol Shark for uh for John in that scene, and I think it would have been just fine. You know what? Screw that. Take out uh uh what are called Nin Ninja's Red Ranger and put <laughs> him in that role. I'm not. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That would have been better. Yep. I mean, they were both kind of. I mean, he was kind of the playful, immature type, so you would have. It would have been a good switch. Yeah, because, like, arguably yeah. one's considered more tolerable than the other. <laughs> I think there's a pretty decent consensus on that. Yeah, I think we all agree with that. But technically he would have been the oldest in that group, right? If John was in there. For the group that they picked, the oldest would have been Gokai Red. So, yeah, if you had switched him out for yeah, uh, that'd be... mm-hmm. uh, Akaninger, then... Yeah, that would have made John the eldest one in the group. Bring back John! I need him! <laughs> bring, bring bring back Melee again, and I don't need a reason. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why I was so hyped when they brought her back for um, Space Squad. That was awesome. I'm going to I'm gonna have to rewatch Space Squad, because, yeah, I need to see that again. Dude, all the best villains came back. It was awesome. It's true, yeah. It really was. <sighs> yeah. There's so many amazing things, like, when they come back. I just want them to come mm. back more. Like, I just... It's probably just... I'm such a bias of, like, wanting to see more Geki Ranger because I just love it so much. Like, this is the one show and the one cast of characters that I always hope to see again, you know? Same. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the few shows that I actually enjoy watching every character in it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have complaints about any of the main characters at all. Yeah. yeah. Like, usually there's one or two that might grate on your nerves a little bit. Mm-mm, not with this cast. 
Yep. Yeah, what the the complaints that I have with the main cast is that the ones that don't have more focus, I want them to have more focus. Like I want more ran episodes. Yeah, it's that like good, that. That are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not like for example, Bokinger. I like Bokin Black. I didn't care about him. I was like, I don't really need to see him in any more episodes, kind of thing. Whereas him, like in this show, like man, I just want more of them. They had a good dynamic. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I, I think it helps with them having a max five-person team and then two really interesting villains. You didn't have to worry about like splitting up the uh, the attention in the writing between too many characters. You know, you could keep it fresh mm-hmm. for everybody and not make it feel like one person was being focused on way more than the others. Whereas in other seasons more recently, when we've got a lot more uh, characters or heroes on screen, you can't help but feel like somebody's being shafted or somebody you might not think is deserving mm-hmm. of more screen time is getting an exorbitant amount of screen screen time. I'm looking over at uh, uh, Q Ranger right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good well, comparison. I, was, I, I mean, the one complaint that people have had over the years is that Geku Ranger is very focused on uh, Jan versus Leo. Yeah. So, I mean, it is it is... It can be at times a very red centric show, but looking at it now, it's not as red centric as other shows are. Yeah, like it's not as red centric as Kyoryuger. It's not as red centric as like Maskman. You know what I mean? I agree. I absolutely agree with that. I could see why at the time people had that, but it's definitely changed over the years. Yeah, it's really not that red centric anymore. If anything, it just shows like a good rivalry, you know, which we don't really get to see anymore. Yeah, yeah, I, that's one thing that I I kind of want to come back. So I want to see that rivalry. Like because it's a love letter to martial arts. If you're not here for the rivalry, the rivalry, then why are you watching this? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, yeah, that's that's what makes shows like, for example, like Die Ranger. What makes that show work so well is because every character has a rival. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it it works. It's it's, it's a good thing to have. I think I think mm-hmm. you should bring it back. Yeah, wow. Um, what an incredible show, man. Yeah. Wait, do you do you guys hear that? Hear what? Wait. So so what You had me for a second there. I was like, oh shit, what's going on? And yes is yes is place. But so so Yes, we have to go. There's a bad guy nearby. Let's get Niki Niki. Or walkie walkie. Or walkie walkie. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm going to cuddle my Geki tiger tonight. Just, I'm going to hold it nice and tight. Uh, I, I will probably go look for a, a gong changer after this. Yeah, right. I am going to be on the same hunt, dude. Yeah, aren't we all? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all right. Well, that was another episode of the Tokenet podcast. Uh, thank you guys for joining me to talk about this fantastic show. Yeah, seriously. Glad to be a part. Mm-hmm. We should, we should, we should uh, do another like martial arts show, like Masked Man or Die Ranger or something like that. Yeah, that would be interesting to talk. You know the differences between all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen Die Ranger, but I haven't seen all of Masked Man, so that would be a cool thing to compare. Yeah, someday. All right. Well, until next time, we will see you guys later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Good night, everybody. Get meeky meeky.
The Tokunet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official Tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes or Stitcher. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet, where if you're at the writer tier level or higher, you can get early access to episodes and more. Team Tokunet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course our website, tokusatsunetwork.com. Thank you.